Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. This is Shep Hyken with another episode of Amazing Business Radio, and I'm excited today because, once again, we're going to uh, the leader in an organization that is in the trenches of customer service. As a matter of fact, his company is called Customer, spelt with a K, just to be different. This is Brad Birnbaum on the show today. He's the CEO and co-founder of Customer. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thanks, Shep. Uh, happy to be happy to be a part of the program. Well, we're going to have fun, and and uh, I know that you are the co-founder of Assistly, which is another great uh, organization that's focused on customer service. That was acquired by Salesforce, and eventually Assistly became Desk.com. Some of our listeners may be familiar with that. But you basically you've got a, a company that is creating a product that is all about customer service, a customer centric platform for support centers to use. And before we get into some of the questions that I have about customer service and experience in general, give us a little insight as to what customer is. Sure. Thank, thanks so much for, uh, for having me on the program. Um, so customer is a modern-day platform that was built to know and understand everything about a company's customers. So the best way to think about it is um, a modern-day Salesforce, frankly, right? So we have CRM objects, we have events, we have views into data. These are all at the heart and crux of the platform. And then on top of our platform are apps. And our first app that we've gone to market with is our support app. So it is a modern way for companies to support their customers. So in, in addition to the standard ticketing capabilities that a lot of the products that today have, we actually aggregate that with all of your respective customer data. So if you're a B2C e-commerce company and you're all about orders and order management, inside of our platform, not only will we have all of your support data, but we'll have all of your order data. We'll have views into the order data. So everything's we'll tie there. Into all, everything's there. And we'll, have, we'll be able to automate around it. Um, as an example, something like processing return um, would be automated through our business process automation engine, which might actually talk to three different systems in the back end and process an exchange and, and, and refund some money and, and do anything and everything that you need to do, but with one click right. and I, take I like, care of all that. So from, from the company side, you're making it easy on us because you're integrating all of these areas. Uh, for la- I'm not going to use – it's a cliche as to say there are all these silos, but no, it's it's all these different applications and all these different processes. You're you're putting it in one from the customer side. You're making it real easy. You, you know, just a moment ago you mentioned, you know, the traditional ticketed support. I hate ticketed support. Just yesterday I had an issue with some software, and the only way for me to connect with the company is to write a ticket. Uh, up and what that means is I put the complaint in and I call it a complaint because it's no longer a problem. I can't get it resolved immediately, so it, the problem is now a complaint. I need it now. I don't know how long it's going to be for them to answer my ticket, <laughs> if you will, or what place I'm in as far as how far down the road I am, and that is a very very frustrating process. I mean, it sounds to me like you're trying to eliminate old school ticketed support type things. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, and to, to take that a little bit further, so the traditional systems uh, of the day, uh, the atomic unit that, that support agents would work on would be the ticket itself, right, which is a, a piece of the customer, one component part of the customer. But let's say I had 
multiple open issues with uh, with a company. Or, or let's say I even had the same issue opened across different channel types, right? And in, in, in many traditional systems, those would be different tickets or cases. So I might, I might reach out to you. I want to make sure I understand this. I might reach out to you via email. Or first I do a ticket on my computer. And then I mean, maybe later on another channel would be uh, uh, three days ago I talked to somebody on the phone and they started a different ticket or even though they're the same problems. Is that what you're saying? Correct, correct. Okay, got it. So so in the customer platform, we've thought of things in a couple of different ways. One, um, it was a pretty seismic paradoxical shift that we that we made and one that, you know, when we created the company three years ago was arguably a risk. But now that we've got so many customers enjoying it on the platform, we now know it was the right decision. But we are we are the atomic unit that you work on as an agent is actually the customer itself. You don't open a ticket or a case. You actually open a customer and you would see all of their open issues and be able to work on them very much in a Google Docs type style where you actually could collaborate and address all of the known issues. Furthermore, for the multi-channel problem that we were talking about earlier, where customers very often will hit you through different or reach out to you through different channel types, we are the only vendor, in our opinion, that, that does proper omni-channel. And our definition of omni-channel is actually really straightforward. It is a single-threaded discussion to address a problem or set of problems across all of the channels that you communicate with your company on, right? So it could be email, could be chat, could be phone, could be SMS, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. And in our world, all of those channels will come into a single conversation. And you could, you know, could start as an email, could morph to a text, could eventually go to a tweet, what have you, all within the same context of, of a conversation. And that, that to us is true, true on the channel. I love it. I, so, I, I do yeah. work, and I know you mentioned Salesforce. I also work with a company called uh, Pegasystems. I've been very fortunate to work with some great organizations. One of the, uh, their uh, executives over at Pega said, uh, we don't call omni-channel omni-channel anymore. We like to call it no-channel because to the customer, it's just another way to communicate. They don't think in terms of channels. But we, as the supplier of the service, that's how we think. Oh, they're coming in on exactly. a different channel. No, it's the same customer. It sounds like you know when you use the word single-thread conversation, it's like we don't even care what channel they're on. It's part of a conversation one conversation so love love that that's happening where do you, so let's let's jump into some questions where do you see uh the opportunities for customer support happening in the next three to five years sure so i think we all have had those negative experiences where we reach out to a company about the problem x and you know you know the company knows a lot about you but yet the person you, who's solving your problem doesn't seem to know anything about you, right? That's that's a pretty common problem today. I hate when that happens. That. Yeah, who, who doesn't, right? So for us, that was one of the core things that we felt was very important to solve here at Customer, or really, really frankly, for any products out there. You... Any support person should have all of the all of the appropriate information at their fingertips about the customer they're servicing, right? If if, if it's if you're an e-commerce company, it should be your, you know everything you've done on the website, any problems you've had on the website, potentially stuff you've added, items you've added to the shopping cart, potentially maybe you've even abandoned the shopping cart, orders you've made, returns you've made, billing problems you name it. It should all be in front of you so that when the customer engages with the company, you are able to support and service them faster. And um, my product has proven uh, to, to produce, um, with some of our customers, uh, average handle time by, by as much as 20% as a result of having the information in front of them and be able to automate, automate any actions against it. So 20% faster uh, resolution for the customer and yes. 20% more productivity allowing people 
basically for every five customers, you get an extra customer in there and handling their issues because you've saved, you know, productivity-wise uh, in time. And it's probably less stressful for the customer, easier. Um, so it, it, I love it. One of the things, uh, one of my clients is ServiceNow, and actually, strike, yeah, it is, uh, no, it was actually TalkDesk that uh, had this concept, knowledgeable agents. And when I first read the term that they said it's important that agents, you know, now that we have knowledgeable agents, I first thought that they meant, oh, they have to know about the products and the services that we offer, and we are going to make it real easy for the agent to get information about these products so they can communicate it better to the to the customer. But they said, no, 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 no. That's That's obviously a given. What we mean is knowledge of the customer. A knowledgeable agent knows the customer. And I think that's what you're talking about here is making it so when we do, as a customer, connect with an agent, that agent knows all about us. They can look at the history. They can immediately know when we've called before, the problems we've had before. And it's like we were just talking to this person yesterday, even if it was a different person. That's exactly right. That's that's exactly how we see the world. And, and by the way, TalkDesk talk is a great partner of ours. We have, a, we have a great integration with them as a telephony provider. And, um, yeah, I mean, we – we work very well with telephony partner, partners such as TalkDesk, and there, there are others. Um, and, yes, that's exactly how we see the world. So when, when somebody calls in through a TalkDesk call, it immediately screen pops inside the customer platform, and you've got everything at your fingertips to properly service them. And, you know, we were talking about percentages before, you know, maybe 20% average handle time reduction, et cetera. You know, there's one that I always like to figure out, which is 100% less frustrated customer because right. nobody likes to give you the same information again, right? That's just that's just nothing, you know, something that you expect a company. After you've said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Brad Birnbaum and here's my email address or whatever unique identifier that, that the company uses to identify you, you don't want to have to give them anything else. You, they should know. We all know how, how computers and systems work today, and we all simply expect it. So. That, that's also equally important, right? As in the age of, of improving customer service, it's also about reducing frustration and friction, and, and that's that's one of the things we pride ourselves on here. So when we come back in our next segment, I want to talk specifically about reducing frustration, reducing friction, becoming convenient. Everybody, you've been listening to Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Brad Birnbaum, the CEO and co-founder of Customer, spelled with a K. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Chef Hyken here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.shepondemand.com. Once again, that's shepondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Brad Birnbaum, the CEO and co-founder of Customer. And I love the way he spells it, Customer with a K. And by the way, a lot of people spell that naturally because they don't know how to spell Customer with a C. I know that because just today I was talking to my Google Analytics rep who said we've got to go in and we've got to clean up all these bad keywords that people are searching on that you're paying for. I couldn't believe how many people misspell the word customer with a K. <laughs> wow, I, I, didn't, that, I, didn't, I didn't know that. That's, that's, that's great. Yeah, no, we, we chose the name customer because we wanted the world to know that we are building a, a brand and a platform about everything about the customer. And uh, in today's modern day and age, we want it to be slightly unique, slightly edgy. And, um, yeah, 
we were able to get customer.com. The domain was important to us, um, and it just seemed like a perfect name for us. I'm so jealous. Really I, well. I wish I would have thought of customer with a K.com. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll come up with mustomer because we got we must take care of the customer. <laughs> anyway, we were just as we were finishing up, we were, we, you mentioned the word friction. And if there's one thing that I think frustrates customers more than anything, it's friction. As a matter of fact, my next book, due out on October 2nd, is called The Convenience Revolution. And I have a whole section in there about, you know, everything about convenience is reducing friction. But there's a whole section of companies that have just embraced the concept of trying to get rid of friction. But, I mean, I could tell you, I'm not going to tell you the name of the company. I may have shared this story a long time ago on Amazing Business Radio. But I called a computer company to buy something. I have bought many computers from them, many accessories. And uh, the phone, and, and I've got a, a number to call. I call it up. The person on the phone, the first thing they say is, hello, and then what's your account number? I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't realize I had an account number, but can you look it up using my phone number? They said, yes. So I gave her my phone number, and she told me my account number. She told me to keep it handy. I said, I will for the next time, right? So then she asked what I'm calling about, and I tell her, and then I get connected to somebody. What do you think the first question they ask me is? I'm sure they asked you for your account number again. Why? Why? I don't get it. Don't, shouldn't they already know that when I call? I've semi-verified already that I have an account. Now maybe they need to ask some security questions. That's fine. But shouldn't they already know who I am? And to, oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. That's so frustrating to me. And that's friction. And And I often tell my clients that many times your customers are not calling you with a complaint. They're calling you because they need help with a problem, and they're really looking forward to talking to somebody that can help them. But when you create friction, the problem becomes a complaint, and that's bad. So I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. So talk to me about what you're doing with your application to help reduce some of the friction. I realize we talked about that single thread, but where do you see opportunities to reduce friction for the customer experience? Well, so for starters, as, as I mentioned earlier, it's it's already having the relevant data through all of the various app integrations that we would do at the agent's fingertips. So hopefully they're not going to be asking you for the same piece of data that, that they would assume you already know, right? In the case of account number, okay, well, you know, if that was a, a one-time lookup of the customer, you know, you could look up through account number, and we've got lots of many other different ways to, to, to search and find the customer, including on the, the simple things like your name or, or email address that are, or phone number for that matter. But once you've got the customer identified and you've got their customer timeline up in front of you, we can have immense amounts of data, right? Everything you'd want to know, right? If you're, if you're an airline, we would know, you know, the plane tickets you've purchased, and we would know the status of your flights, and we would know the bags you checked, and we would be able to action those, right? So rather than rather than um, the, the customer having to even tell you the problem, there's a decent chance you could tell them why they're calling, right? You would say, oh, I could see that your flight is delayed or was canceled. I assume you're calling to get it rescheduled, right, if you're an airline. If it's a, if you're um, a, an e-retailer, and you could see a delivery exception on on the package that went out, or got the, it got lost from from the, the the carrier, or you know it was delayed due to an inventory problem. You would already know that information, right? So you can wow them instead of you know turn turn that sort of frown upside down, if you will, right? But you could when the customer's calling with a complaint, you could wow them. Like, I, I know I know, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, you're calling about X, and you know here's what we're going to do to to rectify the problem, right? And that will. 
that will really go a long way, I think, in, in, in helping reduce friction. And then furthermore, reducing the time of the phone call itself or the email exchange or the, 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 the SMS text, very, very helpful. So the faster that agents are able to, 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 to delight and provide that level of service and, and provide an ultimate solution, the, the happier they are, the, the, less, the less friction exists in the relationship between the company and the customer. Wow. One of my clients is NICE, uh, N-I-C-E, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's a competitor or, you, or you're getting ready to partner with them as you have with some of the other platforms that are out there. They have a voice recognition software that is really cool. Uh, I saw this tested about three years ago on stage at their annual conference. Basically, within nine to ten words of talking to the customer, first they ask you, is it okay if we voice print you for the future so that when you call in, all you have to do is you know, talk to us for a few moments and we can verify it's you. Interestingly, it's got, uh, it's got a perfect record for never making a mistake, but it, it does um, sometimes say it doesn't recognize the voice, so you have to go back to the traditional method, which, by the way, is just fine with me. If, if 95 out of 100 times it does it right, as long as it never does it wrong, I'm okay. If 5% of the time it makes us then ask, you know, some of the basic questions. But think about, um, you know, you call up and just with your voice you verify, oh, I'm talking to Mr. Birnbaum. Well, how are you today? How would you know it was me? <laughs> you know, because Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's amazing. And uh, definitely familiar with NICE, and, and um, that would be an outstanding integration partner for us, right? So, again, that, that data could flow into my platform, would automatically be used, let's say, on a, on a respective screen pop, automatically identify, you could even say, you know, um, you know, verified as Brad through through a voice fingerprint, right? Through a voice identity, and yeah, that 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 makes perfect sense to us, right? In many ways, we are very happy to be channel agnostic, and we can plug in other channels. We have a whole bunch out of the box, but particularly on the on the voice and telephony side, there's a lot of players out there, and and frankly, it's not something we're trying to unseat. We we would rather work with all of them out there. So we have a first class citizen telephony channel. And we'll plug in with, with, you know, all the major providers well, and, and, and drop them in to add benefit. And while we're talking about voice, um, a technology like natural language processing, uh, how, how far do you think it is right now? Can we really have easy, human-like conversations with the computer? Right. So those, you know, are often called chatbots. Um, yeah, so but a, our, our a, chat, on- a chatbot is typed. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're talking about on the voice side. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about on the voice side. Right. So that's even that's even harder than the type, right? So you know we've we've all seen instances where uh, simple simple communications are are able to be achieved through through voice recognition and voice response, um, and it will continue to get more advanced over time, right? We all interface with Siri or Alexa, and we're starting to see that work, and that will that will continue to get better, you know, over, over time, right? I still think it's a little nascent, but it will definitely, you know, in the future, certainly have the capabilities to do so, right? Where, where, we, see the, where we see the world right now is we want to understand, for starters, um, the sentiment of all communications. So we run all um, – we can't do it for, for voice, but we can do it for any, any, any text communications, you know, email, text, Twitter, Facebook, et cetera. Um, we run all those through – our sentiment analysis engine, and we we rate it, so we actually understand the sentiment of the customer, and we're, and we're actually track that over time too, right? So, um, when you're getting a list of customers that you should be servicing or worked on, or as they're being popped to you, you will see what we call our sentiment ring around the face of the customer, and you will see, um, let's say around Brad's face or on my face, I'm mostly green. That would mean I'm like two thirds, three quarters happy, right? If I was all red, you know, maybe 100% all the way red around me, I'd be like, wow, Brad's Brad's pretty angry, and you may want to 
handle that customer differently, or you might want to actually prioritize or escalate that customer differently. Furthermore, we're able to do some really unique things with our sentiment analysis. Um, again, if let's say you were um, an e-commerce customer of ours, um, one of our customers is a company called Slice. They they do pizza ordering here, you know, across all across the country, and they're actually doing incredibly well. Um, and like, all their pizza orders. That's a great name. That's almost as good as customer. <laughs> Isn't it a great name? Yeah, and they're, they're great people. Um, but all their orders flow into into customer and all their communications. And we could actually go into the product and say, find me all recently unhappy customers. Because, again, we're doing sentiment analysis across all the communications who used to order three pizzas a month and haven't ordered one in the last 90 days. And then you could do an outreach to them, right? You can nurture them. You can you can use that to reengage and and you know, figure out why they've stopped ordering with the same level of regularity. And again, their sentiment might be telling you why. And then use that to, um, again, nurture them and, and, you know, get them, try and try and get them to engage. So, you know, it could be sending them a free pizza, $5 coupon, what have you, whatever you think makes the most sense. But that's powerful stuff, right? Yep. Um, Furthermore, you know, with with today's um, NLP today, it, it is, it is pretty effective at, at reading through text and understanding the concepts inside of a, a message. And using that for anything from routing to auto-suggesting to even auto-responding is absolutely where, where things we can do and, and, and things that I see customers wanting to do and, 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 frankly, the future. All right. So we're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to get back into NLP, the natural language processing. But this time, rather than voice recognition, I want to talk a little bit about chatbots because they have come a, a super long way, and some companies are so effective that you don't even know whether you're talking to a chatbot or talking to a real live person. And I'll tell you a very, very funny story when we come back. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Brad Birnbaum, the CEO and co-founder of Customer. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Want to amaze your customers, impress the people you work with, and outshine your competition? Going from average to amazing isn't an out-of-reach goal. In fact, amazement is a habit that anyone can master. In my latest book, Be Amazing or Go Home, I share the secrets behind my mantra, which is to always be amazing. Drawing on the routines of incredible people, I share simple practices that can elevate your game. Once you master those habits, you'll be able to create trust, build stronger relationships, make sales, advance your career, and much more. Now is the time to step out of ordinary and step into being amazing. Be Amazing or Go Home is now available on Amazon.com, an ebook and hardcover. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Back on Amazing Business Radio, talking with Brad Birnbaum, the CEO and co-founder of Customer. And I want to talk about chatbots. Uh, chatbot, I love the idea. And this is when you go on, you start typing away, and you're, you're going back and forth on the computer with those little windows, and that's a chatbot. Or just a chat. Chat without the bot is chat with a human person. So this chatbot is computerized. It's machine. It's it's talking to you. It's artificial intelligence. The other day I was at a meeting with Oracle and somebody – and I, I cannot verify this. I actually went on Google and tried to type in multiple ways of trying to come up if this was the correct answer. Somebody said if you ask the chatbot on L.L. Bean if it's a chatbot, the answer that you will get will be, yes, this is a chatbot. But like Pinocchio, I hope one day to grow up to be a human. 
<laughs> I just thought that was – That's great. So, by the way, the very first thing I did is I went to L.L. Bean's website, and I thought, okay, what can I ask them? So up came the, the you know help box, and I said – What's your warranty? Because I know they recently changed their warranty, and that just seems like something they would have already typed up, ready to go. And within a matter of seconds, uh, here comes the warranty. And I said, thank you very much. By the way, is this a chat bot? And the response was, no, this is a real person. Why do you ask? <laughs> and I go, darn. <laughs> so That's good. Let's, let's talk about chatbots for just a few minutes and how AI is really driving uh, what I think is a pretty powerful experience. Sure. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different players focusing on chatbots or, 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 or their own their own versions of chatbots. And in my experience, I've I've seen I've seen chatbots work really well, and I've seen chatbots unfortunately fall on their face. Right. So, like anything else, it's it's only as good as the person who programs it or, or creates it. And frankly, the type of questions that you're asking. So, a really simple question of what's your warranty? It could run it through a knowledge base and return the article for your warranty. That's pretty standard pretty rudimentary stuff. Chatbots are, are effective for that. But, but but more difficult questions, or more specifically questions that are unique to you, right? Like, what's the warranty on the most recent product I just purchased, right? Things that would have to understand you a lot more. We find that the chatbots are, are far less effective in that matter. And, you know, the way that we think about chatbots here at customers is more of a hybrid approach. So, we recently rolled out in our, in our chat solution um, what we call conversational forms. And conversational forms in many ways feel like a chatbot, but it's really collecting data for you on the way in, right? So instead of a traditional chat where, you know, you have to type in your name and what's the subject about and what, you know, what type of problem and, and, and you know, give us some, some more information and description about the problem, we're actually walking you through what we call a conversational form to collect the data, but it does it in a, in a way that actually feels like you're, you're, you're talking to somebody, right? So give me an example. Then, um. So uh, rather than, you know, when you would go to a, to go to a chat on a website or inside of a mobile app, it might say, you know, you might have a, in traditional sense, you would have a form. You would type in, you know, Brad Birnbaum, and then you'd have a drop down. What type of problem do you have? Billing or sales or, you know, um, warranty problem. And then it would say free form and some text about your problem, right? We've all probably done that once or twice in our lives, if not more than that. Mm-hmm. Then you hit submit, and then you'd kind of wait for an agent. And eventually somebody would come on and say, you know, I'm here to help you. With a conversational form, um, our, our approach is you're immediately in a chat right away, right? So it feels like a lightweight, more modern experience, like a, like an instant messenger or, 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 or your favorite texting app. And I'll immediately come up and say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm agent so-and-so. Uh, what's your name? Oh, I'm Brad. Okay, Brad, um, you know, maybe we want to ask some more information about you, i.e. your account number or your email address, right, to actually start to, to look you up and understand you better. And then it might, might do that. And then it would say, all right, Brad, you know, what, what, what type of problem are you having? And it does it in a way that feels like a text, but it might actually give you just like three little buttons to click, right? I have a, a, a sales question or a billing problem or a warranty problem. And you, you click on that, and then it might actually ask you some other questions. And the answers can be um, – can be – sort of multiple choice, if you will, or they can be freeform text. And it actually will, will walk you through to get to, uh, to get towards, uh, you know, a point when you're, when you're ready to be serviced by an agent. And at that point, the agent has all the information of you. They might, they know who you are. You've self-identified, right? Cause identity is a big problem in the chat world, right? If you're thinking about chat, right? Like, are you, am I really Brad? <laughs> right? So there's a lot of things that we'll do to help you self-identify and self-validate and verify 
walk you through that. And by the time the agent gets to you, you know, half to three quarters of the heavy lifting has been done in an automated fashion in that hybrid bot that we mentioned through the conversational form. And then the agent can, can go and ultimately solve the problem right. very quickly. Focus now, on the problem. Yep. Exactly. And that's how we've and that, that model's worked incredibly well for us and, and our customers, you know, thoroughly enjoyed our conversational forms that, that, that we've rolled out in the last quarter or two. And I like that. And and basically you're setting there's two things. Number one, the uh, customer is getting answers to you. They feel like they're engaging with the company, even with, with the chat bot, it still feel like there's engagement seamlessly flipped over to the human being. I think that's the best use. I think chat bots typically today their best use is at a lower level function, you know, I need to change an address or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. something simple, that can be handled by a chat bot. But you're right. At a certain point in time, it flips over. So smart companies are figuring out that, hey, the chat bot's not the end all, because if they do think it is, they're just going to irritate customers when it doesn't work. So I like that. All right. We are almost out of time, and this is where I do the one thing question, and that is this. What's one thing you want to emphasize that we may have already talked about or something new that you want us to remember that ties to this whole conversation that we've had? Which, by the way, I know we've, we've, we started with the whole concept of, you know, uh, friction, or actually that was kind of in the middle, but we talked about what you did and, and just making it easy on the customer, but we're ending here with technology. So we've gone a long way. What's the one thing? The one thing I can't stress enough that that will produce not only a better experience for your customers, but even a better experience for your agents is knowing everything about the customer and be able to automate the data, right? So knowing what what you're what, trying to predict the, why your customers are reaching out to you, trying to take care of any issues on a proactive basis, even ahead of them reaching out to you. And that is what knowing, that is what having data and being able to action data and view that data all within a single platform could ultimately do for you. So I would encourage anybody as they're, as they're on their, their customer experience transformation and as they're thinking about tooling, um, certainly I would, I would love to see everybody on the customer platform. But regardless of that, whatever tool you provide, you should really be, be making sure you're not focusing on point solutions. You're focusing on Solutions that, that truly aim to understand your customer as, a, as an entity, right? And not as a silo, but as an entity themselves and everything about them so that you can, you can have, they can have a better experience with your company. I want to go full circle and go back to something you said toward the beginning of your show, and that is you don't believe you're opening up a screen, but what you're doing is you're opening up a customer. And that's, that's the holistic concept of, hey, it's all about the customer, regardless of whatever the channel they come in on, regardless of whether they started out in chat and now they're dealing in person. But that whoever is supporting them knows everything there is to know about that customer because they're not opening up an account number. They're not opening up a screen. They're opening up the customer. Brad, it's awesome. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio because you've given us amazing insight as to what your company does and what's going on in the industry. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Chef. It was, it was a lot of fun. Oh, man, you're awesome. All right, everybody, another episode wrapped up. Remember, next week we'll have a different episode. I can't tell you who it's going to be yet, but it's either going to be an expert like Brad, somebody that's in the trenches doing it every day in real life. It could be an author. It could be a thought leader. But, you know, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be amazing because that's why we call it Amazing Business Radio. This is Shep Hyken, and until next week, reminding you to always be amazing.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.